Okay. So Emily, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this or if I, I don't think we have had a chance to talk about this, but I'm a huge music file and I love music from England specifically. I grew up in the nineties and one of my all time favorite bands uh, is Ride and, uh, you know, Radiohead, obviously, but like Ride is like one of my all time favorite bands. It was just so funny because uh, I'm like a groupie. Like I've like gone on Twitter and I'm like, Hey, Mark, Hey, Andy, like let's be friends. And of course they don't know they're none the wiser. So they'll, you know, accept my connection and. I mean, so like the whole shoegaze like music scene is my jam and stuff, but like, is that, is it still popular? The whole shoegaze music scene? Is that something that's even relevant in England today? Or am I just like an old school, like groupie? <laughs> I'm, I'm totally stuck in the nineties as well. So it's fine. <laughs> I, I never really quite got the shoegazing thing at that exact time. I was totally looking towards Seattle and you know all the bands coming out of there so love radiohead i mean who i mean anyone who doesn't love radiohead it's almost like if you don't like pets i cannot be friends with you like if you don't like radiohead i'm telling you this right now everyone listening i'm kidding so uh well speaking of listening to music and whatnot are you ready for the mic is listening emily go on then let's do this The mic is listening. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Mike is Listening show. My name is Sia. I don't know why I keep saying my name is Sia. I think I'm the only Sia on LinkedIn that tries to do anything fun like this. But good morning, guys, and welcome back. I am hella excited for today's episode because it's something that has been really bugging me for the last few odd, I don't know, years or so. And there's been an on-running joke that my boyfriend used to tell me, which was like, hey, I'm going to hang out with you until your mid-40s because then you start going crazy. You and your sisters have gone crazy. And I used to laugh with him saying, yeah, my sisters are kind of crazy. But then when you hit it, the light bulb finally just came off. And so for today's inspiration, and I just want you to understand why we're even talking about this is because when we're in business, when we are in our corporate environment, or if we are entrepreneurs, et cetera, we're noticing physical, real physical changes going on. And for those that are going through it, or for those that are participating in the orbit, if you will, of like, you know, life partners or business and colleagues, we're going to be talking about perimenopause in business. So on that note, before we get started, and we're going to welcome our guest, Emily Barkley, I want to talk about something real quick here, which is AM, PM. I've seen so many LinkedIn posts from folks saying, hey, you should get up at 4.30 in the morning, and you should plan your schedule, and you should be able to do X, Y, Z, and be amazing, and it'll get your day done, and you'll be far more productive. For those that can get up at 4.30 in the morning, more power to you. I just want to stand up in defense of the PM people. Look, I cannot, for the life of me, get up at 4.30 a.m. If you wake me up at 4.30 a.m., unless it's for vacation, I'm going to be not the nicest person. It's just the way my body has worked all my life. I have tried to do the early morning thing, and it just hasn't worked for me. And I felt lesser then. I felt like, hey, am I lazy? Let me, for those that know me, don't answer that question. But really, when it comes to business and professional life, I feel that right now, especially with the pandemic, especially for those that are working from home, your calendar is really 24-7, whatever's going to work for you. I think the nine to five or the assumption of a nine to five life, I think is going by the wayside. So I would love to ask you guys that are listening, 
Is nine to five really relevant anymore? Can you do your job within four hours, three hours? Or if you're doing it within four hours or eight hours, could you do it at 10 o'clock at night when your body is like, hey, I'm wide awake and you're on fire until like 12 o'clock or one o'clock or whatever have you. I'm really intrigued to see and hear those that are pundits of waking up in the morning, how and why it works for you. But I'd love to hear from the night owls to say, hey, what works for you? Because I truly believe that body chemistry is not equal and all uh, equitable for everyone across the board. And that feeds into today's episode to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. And it's called this thing called perimenopause and the life change that happens with women. And today, Emily Barkley, founder of Perimenopause Hub. Welcome to the Mike is Listening show. Thank you for having me. I, I have to just very quickly pitch in my bit about mornings or evenings. So I was always that really irritating person who could bounce out of bed at five in the morning. And, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No. I actually had to defend a post. I didn't want to say defend. There was someone that made a post that basically it was like one of those memes that you just like kind of repeat it and you forward it and all that stuff. Just the tone of it really made it feel like if you don't get up at four thirty in the morning, you fail. And it really bothered me because it was a women in entrepreneurship group page. And women, I think, are uniquely different because we have so many additional challenges. I personally don't have children, but if I were to have children, I'd imagine I'd be like, boop, with that post. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, mm, maybe not, right? So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't I get I get really defensive on things like that. But, Emily, just like morning, night, people have different body chemistry so do women as we go through what I call the second puberty. So what the hell is second puberty, Emily? Because I know what I think it is, but that's anecdotal. <laughs> okay, so let me start with the basic overview of what menopause is for how perimenopause fits in. So menopause is defined by having gone 12 months without a period. So it's when, you're, when your monthly cycle has stopped. Disappointable, no, frustratingly, the term menopause is used as a whole umbrella term for all of it. But actually, perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause. So the dictionary definition says that perimenopause is the period of a woman's life shortly before the occurrence of menopause. Well, given that menopause is one day because it's defined retrospectively for these 12 months of not having a period, I feel that that's not a great, not a great definition because the word shortly in there doesn't help me. It can last for 10 to 12 years. And just like puberty, you know, exactly like in puberty, puberty lasts for however, however, however long it lasts. And but we only start our periods once on one day. And the same happens with perimenopause and menopause. Oh, OK. So can I just tell you, I would be thrilled to not have a cycle again. I'm tired of uh -huh. it, but I'm not going to lie to mm -hmm. you. When you start skipping it and hey, everyone listening, this is going to get a little intimate, but not gross. I'll just be clear. When I skipped a few, I felt a sense of loss. I was surprised that I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is real. Like this is, I made a conscious decision not to have children. Okay. But I think it was a weird moment of like, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Yay. No more having to deal with, you know, annoyances. But is that normal for women to, to go through that? Like what's going on in my, my lesser of a woman? Is it maybe there, less there does seem to be a lot of that? I see. I do see a lot of that in 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 my Facebook group of this kind of this idea of grief. Now, personally, like you, I've chosen never to have children, and frankly, I can't wait <laughs> to, for that just to be totally off the radar. But maybe that's just me. Um, but no, certainly for women who have 
got children and maybe know that they don't want any more, but then suddenly this idea that they can't, I think brings on a huge amount of mourning what what could have been or not it's not quite mourning, it's not quite grief, but it's it's definitely an awareness that that phase of your life is kind of done. Yeah. It and that's but, that's quite that's quite big to deal with, really. I mean, I guess if you think about it, it's it's been your friend, and I say that in quotation mark <laughs> for decades. <laughs> right yeah um, <laughs> and it's almost like oh my gosh my friend is i guess you do go through a sense of loss or mourning i guess in a way that you know um you know again it's, it's almost like that annoying family member that keeps coming back every holiday but you gotta love them <laughs> but they annoy you yeah but i think also because because like in society you know there is a value put on women by virtue of the fact that we can have children when we reach the point that we can't any longer, I think in a societal thing, there's sort of this idea that maybe we start to disappear. I mean, frankly, I'm intending not to disappear. I don't know if my hair gives a hint of that at all, but I have no intention of disappearing. But I too, I do, I hear this a lot from the ladies in my in my group and things who they really genuinely feel like they're just sort of starting to disappear. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So let's let's talk about the perimenopause hub because yes. I've discovered you, Emily, very very recently through Facebook. But you, it's not just a Facebook group page; it is actually much more than this. So let's talk about the Facebook group page real quick, and then I would like to shift it over because I do think this is a valuable tool asset, you know, that you've 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 created for yourself here. So, perimenopause hub. Why did you start the group? Like. When what what inspired right. you to start? And not not the why. What inspired you to start the group in Facebook of all places? I'm, I just I just see sort of live on Facebook, so it seemed the easy place to to start the group. But I started by setting up the website, and then the website was meant to be where all the is where all the information is. And I feel like I need to sort of give a bit of an explanation actually, because anybody watching is going to be like, "What's she talking about?" So I went through about three and a half years of perimenopause symptoms and not getting listened to by the doctors and not getting answers. And I was too young because I started at 39. And this is a very, very common story that I hear a lot. And after about three and a half years, the doctor and I sat down and she'd done loads of blood tests again, and everything had come back normal again. Again, this is a really, really standard story. And we both agreed fatigue has always been the biggest and the most difficult symptom. Hence my comment about no longer being a morning person. And we agreed that it was either, it was one of two things. It was either chronic fatigue or it was perimenopause. Now, by this point, I had been tracking my symptoms and I had, because <laughs> I'm really sad, I had pulled all the symptoms out of my symptom tracker and I put them into Excel so that I could make graphs so that I could see what the relationship was between them and a cycle. And it was abundantly clear that my symptoms were going with my cycle that day that perimenopause was what was going on. So I then came home, did a bit of a Google, and I could only find support groups that were aimed very much at women in menopause. So people were in their 50s. They were talking about their grandchildren. I was like, wow, I'm only 42 at this point, and I don't belong there. That's not my life. My peer, I mean, okay, as I've said, I don't have children, but my peers are not yet anywhere near grandchildren, you know. Mm. And also, there didn't seem to be any access to experts to help me it just seemed to be oh yeah this happened I was like right okay, and that's it well I've been feeling awful 
yeah, I've been feeling crap for the last three and a half years. Hang on a sec. Don't just tell me this just happens, you know. So I thought, I wonder if I can bring together some experts from around the world who, well, I mean, I didn't intend to bring them from around the world. I just thought I could see if I could find a few experts who can help women through this, whether it's through nutrition, through fitness, through counseling, through HRT advice. It didn't matter what the what the route was. So I sort of started bringing together a few people who I knew who work in this area and then kind of broadened it out a bit and suddenly had, um, yeah, experts all over the country. I mean, I'm speaking to somebody new in Australia tomorrow morning as it happens. So time zones make my poor little brain hurt really badly. But, you know, it's fine. But it's kind of just grown from that. So having started setting up the website with all these experts and adding experts all the time and then adding blog posts and interviews with the experts about different topics and stuff like that. I thought, well, we'll just have a Facebook group just to give people somewhere to sort of let off steam, you know. And, and, and let I off thought, steam indeed. Yeah. I mean, I thought maybe, you know, a thousand people might use it. Yeah. We were, we were at 30,600. And this morning alone, there was over a hundred new member requests. So it's just crazy. It's only been going for like two and a half years and it's just crazy. Oh, okay. So that, okay. So I don't feel totally late to the game, uh, you know, but no, I love that you've done it and I really appreciate it. And here's the whole thing. Everyone, there's a resource for women and you've got a wonderful circle. I can't tell you how saucy some of the ladies get at times, but also very real. I mean, there's some very raw emotions being shared in there, you know? So can I shift it a little bit here then? Is we're in business. You're an entrepreneur yourself. And by the way, shout out. I saw that you do a uh, dog. I have a dog business, which is thank you because I love dogs. But I want men to understand that they too can be an advocate. And I hate using the word advocate because I feel like it's almost getting abused at this point. It's almost like an understanding. I found myself yeah. being a little bit more, for lack of a better term, and I'm going to say it, bitchier than normal. And almost like I have to control sometimes my like shortness of things uh, that I never had to do before this whole process started. Do you think men understand what the heck is happening? Because I've heard this many times, women of our age group, they say is, oh, what a bitch, right? Or she's yeah. an executive and she's, you know, short, you know, she's short tempered, blah, blah, blah. Is there enough awareness you think that for men to understand that sometimes, yeah, the woman could be a bitch. Let's be honest. We can be, but sometimes it might be hormonal. <laughs> For lack of a better term. And I, yeah, I think um, I think there's a long way to go with raising awareness around it. Certainly here in the UK, businesses are starting to have menopause policies, do menopause education, have menopause champions and things in the workplace. The understanding I have is that we're a way off that in the States. That's cool. But we're starting to get that conversation started over here. And that just makes me so much happier because even five years ago that conversation didn't exist I don't think wow. um so the fact that the conversation is starting the fact that we are the generation who are finally going well hang on a second no this isn't just women's stuff we don't need to just shut up about it actually this is happening too you know we're the first generation really who have always been encouraged to have it all get the job be high flying buy the house have the kids get married do all of these things and then suddenly the time comes when all our hormones, you know, jump on a roller coaster and frankly, don't know what they're doing. And the fact that we're trying to be all things to all people, unfortunately, adds an extra stress in there. And hormones love to really grab onto stress and go, oh, look at that, you're stressed. Let's make it worse. So 
I think the more we can get understanding across the board that, yes, we can all have it all if we want to, but there will come a point when in having it all, we need help from the people who don't haven't had to change what they do whilst we have it all. So I'm going to get massively onto like generalization and, and being and some sexist roles here. But anyway, go with me on this. So your average man, and I really thought I'm not intending to like insult anybody, but your average man has carried on going to his job, coming home, home life just sort of happens really. And he goes back to work and, you know, it hasn't massively changed. Your average woman over the last 50 years, it has massively changed because she's she's doing a lot more. But at home, she is still the one who has to notice if we're running out of toothpaste. She's still the one who mentally has to remember what kids are doing, what, which days. She's still the one who's thinking, oh, God, I need to get a birthday card for such and such a person. So that mental load, I think, is what suddenly implodes for us. And that is what makes us seem like we're becoming bitches because we're just it's like, do you know what? I'm just sick of all this. Can you stop making me need to do everything? And yes, I am being very stereotypical in what I'm saying there, but I suspect that rings true to people. I think in this context, it's not a stereotype. I think it just, I've spoken to many, many women professionals, executives. I think there's something, again, innate. If you are a mother, there is that desire to be nurturing, regardless whether you intentionally want to or not, right? And I think it's a burden that we put on ourselves. What I also want to add to this, which I find very bizarre, is we have this expectation for ourselves, so therefore we project it out onto others. And I feel like as women, we, whether consciously or unconsciously, put pressure on each other to be all that, to be that superwoman, to be able to do it. And therefore, oh, wait, your mother, oh, your working mother, right? Oh, yeah, I think I don't think we can do anything right. You know, you and I have both chosen to be child free. Oh, didn't want children. But then you speak to people who have one child. Oh, aren't you going to give them a sibling? What? Then you speak to somebody who has two children. And then you speak to somebody with three. Well, why have you got three? And you're like, can we can we can we just do just do what we're doing and not be wrong all the time? (laughs) Uh, Again, I think it's almost like, again, we're just projecting in our our own brains. There was a a speaker, I'm part of a business organization called uh, GLOW, Global Leaders Organization, and they have these like monthly speakers. And a gal, I think her name is Pat Pearson, and she was talking about of your internal monologue, and this includes male and female, by the way, 70% of our internal thoughts are negative. So uh, compound it as a female, compound it going through perimenopause. I mean, and compound it with if you are, you know, a professional or if you're a household, you know, you run the household as a a homemaker. I can't use that word homemaker. Sorry. I don't know. But if you, you know, you run the household, right? I can't begin to imagine like this can't be healthy for any of us. So we're going through perimenopause We're we've got some challenges professionally dealing with people. Is there anything we can do? I mean, I tend to like to do natural things. I try not to take medicines, man-made stuff as much as possible because we've, as humans, have existed for eons, right? Not eons. I don't know. 20,000 years. I don't know how old we are. And we survived somehow as a species. What would you say organically is a recommendation or that you've seen works best for women going through this change? Is there is there something that we can do to help ourselves naturally? And don't say wine because I, I'm, I'm already on that one. <laughs> I mean, obviously wine. <laughs> it's organic. As, as, an FYI, as an FYI, I used to be a wine merchant, so I'm always going to advocate for wine. <laughs> I, 
I know, right? Well, Emily, <laughs> where have you been all my life? We need to be friends, girl. Okay. <laughs> but right, um, just going back to sensible things here for a moment. The biggest thing that I suggest to everybody going through perimenopause or indeed living with somebody going through perimenopause is to track, 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 track. I say this all the time. But the more that we track our symptoms, and I don't mean just track the bad days, I mean track every day. And I don't mean just track your period because a lot of people with birth control aren't having a period. I mean track everything. So it might be your mood, it might be your energy levels, it might be your fatigue, it might be how many people's heads you needed to rip off that day in your head. Um, it might be how much chocolate you need to consume that day to survive. It might be how many bottles of wine that day is. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm slightly being tongue-in-cheek here, but you get what I'm saying. Right. It might be how bad your anxiety is on certain days. It might be how bad your brain fog is on certain days. But noting all of that stuff down, after two or three months, you'll start to see a cycle. And then you'll start to identify where where in your cycle is good <laughs> and where, frankly, is a duvet day. And that's cool because then you've you've unleashed your superpower of going, right, okay, well, I, I know that on, in this particular time of my cycle, I can get up earlier, I can go to the gym, I can do all these things, I can still string a sentence together. And frankly, I've got this, I'm on fire. And then you look and you go, however, on those three days or whatever, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with dogs because actually the demands of humans will be too much. Now, that's obviously completely natural because it's just tracking. Beyond that, when we get into supplements and things like that, I tend to suggest that it's worth speaking to a registered nutritionist because just buying supplements off the off the counter can mean that you're having contraindications with health things and so on and so forth. In terms of food, which obviously would be another natural way to manage all this, there are certain things that will definitely exacerbate symptoms and there are certain things that will definitely help them. But again, it is quite personal. So for me, I have identified that bananas give me horrific heartburn since being in perimenopause. Now, I know bananas, bananas are healthy. I know. I know, right? So if I were to look at the, just the generic thing of what somebody what somebody might say of like have lots more fruit and veg, all those all those, you know, good healthy food information that we get all the time. For me, I have to then add the caveat in my head of going, but not bananas because we know they now give me heartburn. This is where I come back to tracking again, because actually the more that you're tracking and really getting to know your own body, the more you can advocate for yourself and you can understand what's helping you and you can understand what's hindering you. So going back to wine, obviously an important part of the conversation. You may find that there are certain times in your cycle when wine actually isn't really your friend. But I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I know. I mean, I'm just saying you may. Some people <laughs> might. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I then, refuse. You know, I know. I do. I'm like no. Like perimenopause <laughs> has already taken red wine away from me. It is not having white wine. I'll just tell you that for nothing. It's not having oh. it. I know. Yeah. So you are you are nailing something that I I I, I think we intuitively know, but you really got to have the discipline to know. So document, 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 yeah. and then so when you see a trend, you start seeing these trends. You can then better inform yourself up to when maybe today's a day I'm booking five meetings. And then there are other days when you're like, I am booking no meetings and you will not look at me today. Is that kind of yeah. the, the gist of what we're saying? So, so I mean, just to, just to give a sort of an anecdotal thing from my experience, 
I I went through some significant rage episodes early on and they felt as though they came from nowhere and it was really scary. It felt like it was an out-of-body experience and I'm like coming back into the room. My poor partner, I am just ripping him to shreds and coming back in going, and also, and by the way, and you know the one, right? And Oh, guilty. Yeah. And it felt as though I had no control over it. It was really scary. It was really, really scary. And then after tracking for a while, I was like, oh, it always comes at that day. Oh, and it's always if I haven't eaten right. Not haven't eaten a healthy amount of whatever. But if I if my blood sugar gets too low on that particular day, woe betide anybody. And so now having tracked and having really got to know myself, I know there'll be there'll be about one day every cycle when I'll go outside and let my chickens out because yes I'm that person I live in rural England I have chickens I have dogs I'm just so stereotypical I'll go out and let the chickens out and lift, like then I'll start I'll find myself swearing at them I'm like oh swearing at the oh. chicken it's that day <laughs> okay we'll just eat little and often we'll just keep away from people who annoy us and we'll bite our tongue unless it really needs saying. And actually, for me, I've spoken to a lot of people about this and a lot of people have agreed that that same thing just puts them back in control because suddenly you think, okay, I've spotted that it's the rage day. So already the rage can't catch me unawares. I can feel these little things triggering me. Okay. So it can't catch me unawares. So suddenly then if you do reach the point when you're suddenly just angry, you're like, okay, well, I know I've done everything I needed to do. So this situation must really be deserving of the rage. And then go for it. Oh, my gosh. This is like you're arming yourself, that knowledge. And I think as in with life, awareness, right? It's data. <laughs> it's literally data that uh, you're yeah. compiling for yourself. And you and you in your own brain can make that artificial intelligence decision. And by the way, my background's in technology, so I'm totally relating this black. But, but you can make that decision to consciously conduct business or not conduct business. And for those that work with folks that are like, again, we're talking about going through this phase, whether you're female, male, whatever, but in business, I think it's that recognition of knowing, oh, Sia, Emily's having one of those days. I'm going to ask for a meeting another time. And I know it sounds like a little TMI, yeah. but but it's setting those boundaries that is really helpful. And I think that's going to be all about building that rapport, relationship and communication and business that we all need and covet. But having this little bit of tool, I think will even help it further. So I'm trying to wrap this all back, but selfishly, if you're in salespeople like I used to be, what a great tool to know if you have a male, female client that has, you know, those types of cycles, not even perimenopause, just in general, the human has its own natural cycles up and down. Maybe start documenting in your sales pursuit and notice. And so Emily, I think you reminded me of something. I remember once we had a client where my boss told me explicitly, do not schedule meetings with this man at 3 p.m. in the afternoon because he often forgets to eat and he has hangry issues. And I made the mistake once. There's one time I just, we, there's the only time we could meet. And I brought a Nutrigrain bar for him. In the very beginning, he was biting my head off and I just kind of tossed it his way. And after that, he was cool with me. But yes, it works. Knowledge and it's is the golden. same thing. And it's, yeah. And I think, you know, to, to younger women who haven't yet reached perimenopause, that cycle, understanding your cycle, getting to know your body, that's literally our superpower. And awesome. I, I kind of totally overlooked it. So quickly harping back to when I used to work in the wine trade, because obviously we need to talk about wine a bit more. 
the one thing that I did notice was that the day before my period, I was really clumsy. <laughs> That's not a good thing in the wine trade. No. By the way. <laughs> so that one day I'd be like, okay, I'm going to just be on the till today because I think that's better for all concerned. I'm not going to go and do any of that because I'll just break things. But that's and, a, and uh, by the way, that's anywhere near the fine wine on that day because, you know, I'll break really expensive things. So let's just keep me out of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you're doing is equivalent to wine abuse for both yourself and for the wine and the rest of us who couldn't exactly. enjoy it. So, yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> And, so, you know, I had to set those boundaries and say, for the sake of the wine, I need to keep away from it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So, Emily, okay, I, we, you and I could keep talking forever. And I would love to have you back. So if you ever well, want to come back, just let me know and I'll slap you on it. Or it's not, I can't say slap you on. I will add you to the roster. Uh, for those that want to get to know <laughs> you and understand perimenopause and or to be honest, um, that would love to hire you to talk about, you know, you know, for organizations that really need to understand this is a very real issue. Uh, how can they get a hold of you, Emily? So the website is perimenopausehub.com. That's the website for individuals going through this and who want information. The corporate side is, and I have to say it how it, so it's men, what? So M-E-N-O-W-H-A-A-T dot com. The double A is important because we're all going, meno what? So that's the corporate side of things. And then the Facebook group is Perimenopause Hub. So we're very easy to find. Oh, Emily, I I want to hire you if I could. But yeah, it's okay. I will help support you and celebrate your successes with you. And I love what you're doing with the, the hub, the Perimenopause, Perimenopause Hub. So on that note, thank you so much, Emily, for your time. I really appreciate you. Emily Barkley, thank you so much. Thanks for joining. The mic is listening.